everyone, and welcome to the first episode of X-Band, the world's only, as far as we know, um, phantom dedicated podcast. I'm Joe Douglas, the person responsible for Chronicle Chamber, so send all complaints to me. Um, with me today for our very first episode is artist extraordinaire Lindsay Walker. Lindsay, would you like to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> exactly what I asked for. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, okay, so just so everybody listening knows, Lindsay and I have absolutely no idea what we're doing. We haven't really planned this because we're artist types and artist types don't plan anything. I think you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Lindsay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So I thought what we'd do to start off with is just do um, a basic introduction of ourselves for those that may not know who we are or um, haven't been around Chronicle Chamber for a long time. So Lindsay, would you like to go first? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, now I don't know what to say. I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Sorry, I put you in the spot there. Um, what was I going to say again? My budgies are distracting me. <laughs> uh, just tell us a bit about yourself. Obviously, we know you're a phantom artist, but um, let us know how you got into the character, why it is you like a guy that runs around a jungle in purple tights. Well, why not? Yeah, well, that's true. Hey, if, yep. I, had, if I could do it, I would too. Yep. Um, let's see. The, I used to watch Defenders of the Air when I was little, but um, I never really got into the Phantom at that time. And then um, in 1994, uh, February it was, we were moving house. My parents left me at the house alone while they moved everything. Gave oh, me some... They gave me some lunch money. I thought, I'm not going to spend that on food. I'll just go buy something at the newsagent. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. And um, I went and bought a pack of trading cards from the first series that came out in 94. Fell in love with the artwork. And then I started collecting the comics after that and been a fan ever since. Oh, nice. So that would be the... Uh, Intrepid did the uh, Gallery no, series. Yeah. Dynamic Marketing, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's it. That's right. I actually got that series in reverse. I got the second series first, and then uh, I had to go back and get the um, previous one. Yeah. Because um, I was a bit too young at the time, I guess. Um, okay. So, yeah, I suppose my turn. So, I'm Joe. Uh, you probably know me as Joe MD. If you've visited the forums or Chronicle Chamber over the last... Oh, seven, eight years that it's been going now. Um, I first started the, reading The Phantom when I was seven. I'm 28 now, so that's almost 20 years ago. Um, I honestly can't remember if The Phantom was the first comic I ever read because, you know, Mists of Time and all that. And also my uncle is a huge comic reader, but he's mostly into um, Marvel and DC. And my grandparents had a huge stack of his comics um, at their house. He'd moved to Sydney but not taken them all. So I honestly can't remember if my love for comics started by going through his old Marvel in DC or if it was reading The Phantom that my dad had a whole bunch of issues from when he was younger. But I can remember the, the very first comic I remember reading anyway is Hugan's Revenge, which I think was number 1030 something, I think. Have you read that one, Lindsay? It's about um, this arch enemy of the Phantom and Luaga's coming to assassinate Luaga and he actually puts Luaga under um, under some 
sort of mind control. I think from memory he uses some sort of um, jungle herb to do it because he used to be a member of the Logo ch- Longo tribe. Logo tribe. I'm never sure how to pronounce that. I just I think it's Longo, something like that. Longo tribe. Yeah, well, maybe. Let, let's just go with that. And if we're wrong, I'm sure someone will let us know. We'll get yeah. an, get an abusive email or something. Um, so yeah, that was the first Phantom comic I read, and from memory it had an awesome um, Glenn Ford cover. I think most of them had Glenn Ford covers around that time, because it was the early 90s. Um, so that was the first Phantom comic I ever read, and my dad had a whole heap of them, like I mentioned before, and I basically devoured all of them. Not literally, of course, because, you know, that'd be silly. But um read them all and loved it, and then I got, got my dad to start buying them for me when he'd be coming home from work and it sort of worked for him as well because he got to read them and I got to enjoy them and actually um, I haven't told many people that uh, frequent Chronicle Chamber this but some some of you know, Lindsay I think you know this um, when I was younger I basically couldn't read uh, I was really really uh, bad at reading and when I was in early primary school I actually had to go for special le- lessons and I hated hated reading I remember loathing it until I found these amazing Phantom comics and they actually got me into reading. So I credit my my current reading ability and I've read Lord of the Rings three times, so that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, okay, just rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got a couple of uni degrees and if it wasn't for the Phantom I don't think I'd ever I'd have found um the ability to get any of that. So Phantom's yeah. pretty pretty important and I've heard a few people um have had a similar uh experience with the Phantom and other comics as well. They were never interested in reading until they started reading comics. So yeah, that's that's my little uh yep. story about how I discovered the Phantom. I think the um the first Phantom comic I read was Guardians of the Eastern Dark. Oh yes. Did they spell dark? With an R or was it double A? Because I think there's a bit of confusion about what it was, what it's actually supposed to be. I actually can't remember right now. Uh, well, it's I'm sure I've seen it both ways. Yeah, well, I think I remember somewhere reading that Lee Fork originally wanted it wanted it to be D double A K because it's the name of a place and it's not actually be, supposed to be dark as in lack of light. But for some reason, yeah. they always write it as that. So. He's always changing the spellings of different things and well, people's well, names. Well, that's true. And the Phantom was the first Phantom was originally English, and now I think he's American, which I don't know. It's a bit annoying. I would have liked it if he kept him English because it sort of sets up that exploration thing a bit better. But I always consider the first Phantom to be English, and then they just, you know, migrated to Americans and stuff. Yeah, I kind of do that too. You know, ignore the um. The stuff you don't want to admit actually happened. <laughs> yeah. I think as comic readers, we're kind of used to that. Yeah. Anything so. that goes on long enough, it's not going to stay consistent. Exactly. So just just for interest's sake, I looked up on my comic database, and Who Guns Revenge was first published by Fru in issue 1028, and then republished in issue 13,024 both of which have um, the Glenn Ford cover, but obviously the latter issue's got nicer colours and stuff on it because they've got better cover stock than that old newspaper type thing. Yep. So, cool. Well, with the introductions done, I suppose we should actually start talking about some Phantom stuff. So, 
it's been fairly interesting in the world of Phantom over the last couple of months. With um, the first big thing happening was Jim Shepard passing away, which I think was a shock to quite a few people. Um, what did you think about that, Lindsay? How did you react when you heard that news? Um, it, yeah, it just came out as a surprise because he's been a part of the Phantom for so long and then all of a sudden that's it, over. Yeah. You, just, I, you don't expect it. You don't think about that happening. Yeah, exactly. I remember, um, was it last year, I think it was, at the, or it might have been the one before. I think it was last year's um, Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club. God, that's a long name. Um, I hate, whenever I go to write that on the website, it always takes me about, you know, five minutes to write the thing. I'm going to get one of those copy and paste automatic yeah. things first. It's just so long. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, by the way, Lindsay, I will say now, I tend to babble and go off on tangents, as you've probably noticed in the 10 minutes we've been talking so far. So it just interrupts me if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> pretty quiet, so it's okay. At least you can talk. Yeah. Well, you've got a nicer voice at least, so people probably would rather listen to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh, yes. So at the last Lee Fork dinner, I met Jim, and I was talking to him for a little while. It was the first time I met him, and he was quite a nice guy to talk to. Um, and if you've been following the forms and stuff, you know that I don't agree with a lot of, well, I say a lot, maybe about half of what Jim does. But, you know, meet the guy in person. I just wanted to say hello and thank him for the, what's it been, about 40, 50 years of Final Comics he's been putting out there. Um, yeah, yeah, and... Long time. Yeah, I think it was... I even started collecting them. I think it was the early 80s, okay. late 70s, somewhere around that. I'm sure um, you can find out that information. But, um, yeah, he looked, he looked, you know, healthy and happy and all that sort of stuff. And then to hear that he just sort of collapsed at his home was quite, quite a shock. And I, I remember a lot of the fan reaction, um, after they sort of processed, um, you know, that the gym had died was, well, what's going to happen to the Phantom in Australia now? Because he was such an integral part of Fru, of course, and promoting the Phantom in Australia. He was kind of like, I guess you could make the comparison between him and Stan Lee in regards to both men being so representative of their um, respective mediums, with, of course, Stan Lee being Marvel and through yeah. having Jim. So, yeah, it was quite a shock. I think a lot of people were taken aback by that. Um, so, with Jim now gone, we've only had, I think, two issues maybe come out since he passed. Or it might, it might, the third one might be coming out this Friday, I think, or yesterday. Um, so the, the company seems to be going on pretty much as it always has been at the moment, which is fair enough because it's only been a little while. Do you think we'll see any changes at all to how through operates, Lindsay, now that Jim's passed on? I'm not sure. Uh, just yesterday, my partner, Kim, brought me some recent fruit issues, and it looks like the quality is still the same as it was, which it wasn't very good. No. <laughs> um, looks like... Um, is his, was his wife Judith? Yep. That, yep. Um, looks like she's writing the editorial parts in the start of each issue. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the, the quality, it just looks so bad. Yeah. So they reprinted one of Jim's early stories. Uh, Rubble in the Jungle, I believe. Yep. And that quality was like how they used to print it. Everything was clear and crisp. But all the other issues... It's just so fuzzy, low resolution. 
Yeah, I've I've noticed that. I wonder if it's got something to do. I would assume it has something to do with the um the scanning process because I believe um Egmont sends them the original artwork just inked, um, okay. and then they scan it in to you know re-letter it and stuff like that in English. So they must, they, be, they must be scanning in at like seventy-two dots per inch or something. Yeah, it looks like a internet image that they've just yep. blown up. It's um. Yeah, it's not it's not great quality. I think that was one of the biggest complaints of Jim's um, business model was that he would sacrifice quality of the book for um, keeping the price low. So you know, while we're paying, depending on which comic store you go to, of course. But at the moment, I'm getting my comics through Kings in Sydney, and a two ninety nine US book there costs me four dollars fifty. Um, so I suppose for some people that's a lot of money for, um... I don't think that should make a difference. All he has to, all he had to do is scan it at a higher resolution. It's the same product in the end. It shouldn't yeah. be cheaper or more expensive. Well, that, that's, that's a good point. I didn't actually think of that. Maybe the, um, person doing the scanning charges them in dots per inch or something. <laughs> I don't know, but, um... Outrageous if they do. Yeah, exactly. Because how long is it going to take you to scan... 300 dots per inch for 75, another, what, 20 seconds at, at yeah. most? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, it's been more than that. It's the cover, um, quality, how they've used frames from the comic and blown them up and done really basic colouring. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> yes, I'm sure you look at every cover and just squirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing like, that, don't do this to my phantom. You're yeah, really exactly. And, and I remember um, a little while ago on the Chronicle Chamber, you were just like going, you know, you have people like yourself in Australia that would kill to do co- colouring for the Phantom, even if they were getting paid, you know, a pittance, if anything. Yeah. And not, they keep banging out this, this yeah. rubbish colouring jobs. But I think the biggest, um, the biggest, maybe a lot of complaints that came out about Fru's uh, lack of quality in their cover was the 70th um, birthday issue, which was through number uh, 14,038, I think it is, yeah, 38, where it was just basically a purple cover with the Phantom title, and then it said 70th birthday issue with a tiny, tiny little picture of the um, cover of the Tribute to Lee Fork book they did. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, I'm looking at my um my comic database program at the moment, so I can pull it up. But yeah, I remember lots of people were disappointed with that cover because they thought, oh, 70th birthday issue, this is going to be amazing, and people were saying they're going to get Glenn Ford back, or I might get Cy Barry to do something. But no, we just got this really dodgy, whacked up in five minutes in Photoshop cover, mm. which a lot of people were quite upset about. I remember at the time a lot of people whinging and moaning about that. Yeah, but um, lazy. Yeah, it does kind of it does kind of reek of that, and I know that we're sort of bashing a guy's business model who has now passed away, and it's not that we don't have um don't have respect for Jim. It's just because we love the character so much, we wish that they would do a better job, I guess, of promoting him. And I remember when we did an interview with um, Jim a couple of years ago, I asked him about promoting the Phantom towards kids. Um, and you've got 
two dollars yourself. Is it two dollars? Oh, three. That's right. Three. You've got three dollars yourself now, Lindsay. And I'm sure that if you remember his reply, which was basically, no, young kids don't read the Phantom, so we're not going to bother. Surely that must upset you as a fan and as a parent. My kids love the Phantom. <laughs> Two of them have names from the Phantom. <laughs> I could just imagine you um, seeing them down at the dinner table going, you will read this comic. Her name's Heloise. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it seems like a really strange thing to do to say, no, nah, we're not, we're not going to try and get the kids in because that's your next generation of readers. Like, once we all die, who's going to be reading the Phantom? Okay, sorry about that, folks. We um, lost our connection there, but we're all back. We're all good. So we'll just go to the next next topic of discussion, which is King's Watch, the new Defenders of the Earth type uh, series that's coming out from Dynamite that um, we all found out about yesterday. So, Lindsay, you were the first person to report this news um, on Chronicle Champs' Facebook page, the um, Phantom Collector page. Yep. What do you think of this? Uh um, interesting. It looks like uh, Dynamite are actually working on a Phantom character that was closer to what the Phantom is instead of the change they made to it, which I'm excited to see. Yeah, it's interesting that it's, it's taken so long for um, for this to happen, though, because I think it was oh, it'd be at least two years, I think, since the last Phantom finished. Yeah. About that, I'll yeah. check the um, I'll check the date of the final issue in a minute but um yeah 2011 the last one came out so it's a good two years it seems um to have been a long time between drinks so to speak yeah so, it seemed like they didn't really care that much for the character after fighting to get the character yeah well after all the um shall we say dodginess that happened between them and moonstone you'd think they would have published as many fandom books as I could. Yeah. But they seem to do the one, one series, which did take a while to, to kick off, I admit, and um, it wasn't selling a huge amount of issues, I guess, so maybe that's why it did take a little while longer for them to, to get this new series going. But still, two years is a long time, especially yeah. when we heard not long after the end of Last Phantom that they were planning something to do with the Defenders of the Earth. Yeah. This is why our Moonstone should have still been allowed to publish their version alongside Dynamite's version. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Would have loved to see what um, Mike Bullock and the rest of the guys had planned for the future of that series. And it was a shame, too, that Savage Beauty, which was supposed to be um, a kind of spiritual successor to Mike's Phantom series, didn't take off. I think they released two issues, and the third one never got released as a comic. You can only get it in trade. Okay. Um, yeah, and I know my, my local comic store, or my comic store I was going to at the time anyway, didn't even get the second issue. They only got the first. So, you know, it's, it was a big, big mess, that whole thing. But we have this new series now, which comes out in September, and it's written by Jeff Parker, who is not the same writer as The Last Phantom. So those of you that might be listening and going, oh, I don't want to read it because Last Phantom was crap, it's a different writer. His name's Jeff Parker. He has done a lot of stuff for... Marvel and DC, um, and he, he's quite quite a good writer. I've read a little bit of his stuff. I think he'll do the um, characters justice. But in reading the interview you uh, posted, 
uh, sorry, I'm getting a little tongue-tied. In, yeah. in, in the interview you posted, Lindsay, you had some rather interesting things to say. Um, I posted some of these quotes up on our um, news post on Chronicle Chamber about it, but one thing I thought was quite interesting is when talking about Mandrake, um, Jeff Parker says, the other two, meaning Phantom and uh, Flash, can at least relate to being to Mandrake because he's, you know, human. Um, but and they're, you know, sort of adventurers and stuff, so they've got that little I suppose similarity. But Jeff Parker always says Mandrake kind of freaks people out. He's a true enigma and knows things that probably no one should. Which makes me kind of think more like a Doctor Strange type character. What do you reckon about that? Um, honestly I haven't read much to do with Mandrake. I'd love to, they, but um, I can kind of see that connection. Um, what I was wondering, I don't know if it's written anywhere, will they have Lothar in it? Yeah, in one of the um, other interviews that have has appeared, he does mention Lothar. I'll see if I can find it um, while we're talking, but Lothar is mentioned. Um, okay. In in regards to... Sorry? He should have been on the cover with the rest of the characters. Yeah, you'd think so. He always seems to get a bum rap. He was always kind of the sidekick in Defenders of the Earth as well. But, oh, well, hopefully he'll have, you know, something yeah. to do. And I'm sure that if he is in it, they'll concentrate more on him being a king than, you know, being his sidekick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in regards to Mandrake, though, I always sort of thought of him as just a very adventurous illusionist. He was very much like the Phantom. He was, you know, proud and he enjoyed what he was doing and he was very much um, just sort of an Indiana Jones character almost, but, you know, with magic. But here it sounds like they're making him much more uh, um, slightly darker, more mysterious type of character. Um, again, sort of like Doctor Strange that he has all this arcane knowledge that is yeah. very dangerous to have. Which is a kind of interesting take on the character. Yeah, well, he's messing with people's minds and stuff, too. They could go insane. Yeah, well, that's true. But at least they've still got the top hat. Yeah. That was one one disappointment when um, Moonstone did a little bit of Mandrake stuff. He only had his top hat when he was on stage. He didn't fight crime in it, which I thought was a bit, bit of a shame. Well, it is impractical, but, yeah, it's part of his image. Well, I suppose so. But then wearing undies on the outside of your pants is probably impractical as well. <laughs> Oh, you can wear them in or out. Electric. <laughs> Not that I've tried it, you know. Yeah, there you have it. Um, so another interesting thing is that uh, in the Comics Alliance interview you, you posted, uh, Comics Alliance mentions that the Phantom on the cover of the issue looks a little more haggard. He's sort of unshaven and stuff like that. And Jeff Parker says, yeah, it's for a reason. Our Phantom has seen and been through a lot. And that figures in what he does in the story. He contrasts to the fresh-faced idealistic Flash. Now, that kind of makes me think that maybe it's the same Phantom from Last Phantom, because he's, you know, obviously been through a lot, seeing his whole family killed and all that sort of thing. And he was very ambiguous in his ideals, because we saw him kill people and slowly eased off that as the series went on, but at the start he was quite bloodthirsty. So... Sorry. I can't remember, but the last Phantom, which generation was he? 
it was supposed it was supposed to be the twenty first. So okay, so so our regular Phantom. Our regular Phantom, yeah. And they kind of, I suppose, for lack of a better term, rebooted our Phantom. Yeah, they should have just made it a following generation. Yeah, well, for a long time, a lot of people thought it was, but there was an interview. Um, I'm not sure if it was our one we did with the series writer or I read it somewhere else, but he did mention that it's this this Phantom because the Phantom um, that appeared with the one eye was his his father, obviously, and he, and it's mentioned in the series somewhere that he was the 20th. So well, yeah. this one has to be the 21st. Hmm. But then in Defenders of the Earth, the cartoon, I think that Phantom was the 28th? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So, yeah, it is possible that it's a different Phantom again, I suppose. Yeah. So do they say this is this new series? Is that contemporary or...? It's Yeah, it's set in modern day. Yeah. But um, they haven't said, you know, which Phantom it is. Okay. So just that it's a Phantom. But yep. they do mention, you know, the history of the, the legacy of the Phantom and all the previous ones um, as well. So that might even play into the series. So we might find out that, you know, which number Phantom he is. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a lot better than the last Phantom. <laughs> yeah, I must I must admit, I, I do still like that series. I thought it, it was... It was still okay, but it didn't wow me. Yeah, it took a long time to get going, I must admit. The first four or five issues I wasn't digging it at all but then when the story started to come together and all that I thought it was you know became quite an interesting sort of almost metacritical look at the Phantom as a character but then the ending of the series was just stupid with that giant praying mantis robot thing I don't know what that was all about I actually don't remember that maybe I didn't finish reading them <laughs> Maybe it didn't. Um, you know how? Do you remember how Redbeard popped up every now and then? No, I must have stopped reading it. <laughs> well, basically, Redbeard, or a character that looks exactly like Redbeard, appears out the front of the Skull Cave, and a giant um, robot that's shaped kind of like a praying mantis with circular saws for arms, cutting down all the trees in the deep woods. So, what? yes, it was very strange. Oh, yeah. That's weird. So we're going to have Last Phantom versus Transformers or something. <laughs> yeah. So something interesting, actually, in the um, preview art for King's Watch is that they have uh, a raptor-looking creature um, attacking an elephant. So yeah. I wonder if this is going to be any... It's kind of like a half-person, half-raptor. Monster, have you seen that, Lindsay? I'm looking at it right now. It's sort of anthropomorphic. Yeah, it's very strange. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all ties in. Yep. Jeff Parker has said that the story um, of the series is mostly the, the kind of villain is mostly um, magic-based. It's a lot of yeah. arcane-type stuff. And the uh, villain is actually the Cobra, from who is an old... Mandrake villain. Well, at least one of the villains in it is. Whether he'll yeah. be the main one hasn't been confirmed yet, but he is definitely in there. So that's interesting that they're tying it back to the history of the characters as well, which gives us hope, I would think, that these people know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I like that the Phantom doesn't look like a thug anymore. 
Yeah, that's true. That was another one of my big complaints about the last Phantom is he looked like he'd just come off a football field after beating someone up. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit harsh to footballers, but still. <laughs> that was the impression I got with his shaved head and everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be handsome. Yeah, exactly. And he had this sort of boxer's nose and the yeah and the cauliflower ears sort of thing. That so another interesting thing that um that was said in the interview is Comic Alliance said so wait this continuity doesn't involve Billy Zane and Jeff Parker's reply was I'd say there's some definite Zane elements. What do you reckon he means by Zane elements? Do you reckon we'll see skulls of Suganda or really cheesy villains um, that throw spears at people? Well, they did have that bit of magic element in the Billy Zane movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that. Yeah, it could be. By having Mandrake, you can kind of get away with putting that into the Phantom. Exactly, because you've already got that mystical element there by having a magician. Yeah. And the Phantom has historically had a bit of um, magic in it. Even Lee Falk had some magic in it in his stories. I know some fans don't like the magic-based stuff, but I quite enjoy it. I've always been a magic, magic fan, which I think most yeah. people know. My love of Doctor Strange and all that. So, actually, something I really wanted to ask you um, about this series, as an artist, what's your opinion on the artwork that we've seen so far? I'm really liking it. Um, looking at these images you've got in the Chronicle Chamber right now, um, it's kind of, like, rustic. I don't know how to explain it. It's not too clean especially for the jungle scenes. I like that. Yeah, it's rather, um, what's the word I described it to my girlfriend last night? It's kind of being archaic almost. Yeah. Because there's sort of, like you said, there's lots of lines. It's not really clean, but it's not messy either. It's not a Dave Finch sketch where he's just gone, oh, I think I'll just chuck a bit of cross-hatching in there. Yeah. All the lines seem to count, but there's lots of stuff going on as well, which... I think it's a nice mix because it gives it that old um, pulp feel, but it still looks fresh. Yeah. It's almost like some of the 2000 AD style of artwork. Yeah, you're right. I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but now you mention it, it definitely does have that vibe to it. Yeah. I actually love the um, alternate cover, which is uh, on the webpage. It's the second image, and at Apparently, it's drawn by George Perez, but it's okay. definitely a different style than I'm used to seeing. For those that don't know, George Perez is a very famous um, DC artist. He has done a bit of Marvel as well, but he's mostly known for DC. Um, but I love that cover with the big picture of the Phantom holding his gun and Mandrake looking all mysterious and Flash with his sword and I suppose it's a ray gun. It's interesting. Yeah, I like it. yeah. It's interesting, though, that um, Flash on both covers isn't shown in his red and gold um, flight suit. He's just in a black T-shirt and it looks like maybe combat pants. Yeah. Um, It's more like a, especially that second one, it's kind of like John Carter. Yes, it does. does. So I wonder if, well, obviously it's set on Earth, so I wonder if Flash is like, I don't know, having a holiday back on Earth or something. Yep. I love that first one with the tentacles. Yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? 
Yeah, I love tentacles, crackens and stuff. Yeah, I love the um the power, the magic power sort of circles around Mandrake's hands, and you can see the little runes in there. Yeah, that's really cool. That. What do you think of the um the King's Watch logo, by the way? Do you think they're trying to maybe nod towards Defenders of the Earth having the you know, the circle and you've got the little uh lightning bolt there, which I think is supposed to be representative of Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's interesting. I do like it. Well, Jeff Parker said that the logo does actually tie into what happens in the story. Yeah. So the meaning behind it will become clear once the series is ended so we'll find out more about that it um, reminds me of the Sting Brotherhood logo yeah it does actually I, I didn't think, it, think of that until you mentioned it but it does because you've got all those concentric circles and everything yep. it's a little bit of a shame they've got the text in front of it because you can't quite make out the, logo, uh, the images and the logo behind the text it looks like there's um, another circle on the right and what looks like a star in the top left hand corner yeah, it's like a a map or something like that. Yeah, it could be. Constellations or something. Yeah. Because the um the sort of arms on it, I guess you call it, looks like almost compass compass mm-hmm. arms. Yeah, it's like nautical. Yeah, exactly. Which would fit into the whole, you know, pirates thing and also I suppose with um Flash being uh I was going to say a pilot, but I suppose he's more a space fighter, isn't he? But still, I'm sure he yeah. uses navigational charts of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wonder if they did all that in purpose, on purpose. Well, apparently um, Jeff Parker designed the logo himself, so if he's writing it and he designed the logo, I'm sure he's got some sort of reason behind it. Yeah. Well, at least he said he has, so let's just hope he's right. Yeah. He'll listen to this podcast now and say, oh, yeah, I came up with that. Yeah, yeah, he'll, yeah, exactly. Just to make himself sound good, he, he's making notes as we as we speak. Yeah. Actually, for those of you that that um, may not have seen on the Facebook page, Jeff Parker has agreed to do an interview with Chronicle Chamber about the series, so we should have that up in the next, I don't know, week, week, two weeks, somewhere around that. He just wants to wait a little bit before we do it, so all the um, initial media about the series is out, and then we can sort of focus a bit more. Um, closely on the Phantom rather than just the series as a as a whole. Cool. So, yeah, that should be really fun. So um, it's mentioned on, I'm not sure if it was the Multiversity Comics link or one of the others, but said that it's going to be a five-issue miniseries, which I thought was interesting. Do you reckon they're going to be testing the waters with this and then if it's successful, do some more, or do you reckon this has been planned as a mini from the start? Um, could be. They might have just planned it as a mini, and then they'll see if it's worth taking it any further. Might be the safest way to play this one out. Yeah, probably, because um, unfortunately The Last Phantom wasn't a huge success for Dynamite, yeah. you know, when you consider how much some of their other stuff was selling, like their Flash series, and um, I think The Shadow's been really successful for them as well. So they're probably hoping to bring some of the Flash audience in. Yeah. Um, and they've got the Phantom, who has a bit of an audience amongst their readers, but then you've got Mandrake, who is a brand-new character as far as Dynamite's concerned as well. So I suppose there's a fair bit of risk for them there, so maybe the miniseries is the um, the right way to go. Mm. But, 
just take off. I can ask them if I can work on the characters. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Since I missed out on drawing actual comics for Moonstone. Yeah, that that really sucks. Yeah. Didn't you have um? Didn't you have an actual comic? It was plans um, that you were going to do, but then they lost the license. Uh, no, nothing was actually planned, but I was getting a little bit more work building up with them because mm. the first thing I did was that um, cover for issue three, Ghosty Walks, I think. Yep. And then I am. Um, what was it? I did. You did a few generations covers. Uh, no, I did this story to Generations called Ghost Drum. I did all the artwork for one of them. Oh, okay. I thought you did the covers as well. Sorry, my bad. And what else did I do? I coloured one cover two times. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I remember that. I coloured a short story, which I think was called Warhead, something like that. It's like a short eight-page story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all the phantom stuff I had done for them. Did you have anything in the uh, prose books? In the oh no, I didn't. No, that would have been good. Yeah, because uh, I know they've got you know illustrations throughout, so I thought you might have um might have done yeah. for those. I think they used only one artist for each of the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. I must have read. I I haven't read the second volume yet. I've had it since it came out, but I haven't yeah. haven't read it. I'm the same. There's just so much stuff to read. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention something else about King's Watch, and it has completely escaped my mind. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how professional we are. We can't even remember what we're going to talk about. Yep. Okay, so is there anything else Phantom-related you'd like to talk about before we wrap this up? Uh, Phantom-related, let's see. Any anecdotes, any cool uh, stuff you've seen? on the interwebs? Um, before, when, as we got cut off, I was talking about my kids. Oh, yes. Yep. And uh, they've got names from the Phantom. Yeah, that's dedication for you. <laughs> yep. My second daughter, her name is Heloise. Mm-hmm. Same as the Phantom's daughter. And my third daughter, Evie, her middle name is Falk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very nice. I, I don't think I, I knew that about your about your third daughter and her middle name. Yeah, and I knew her. I to Walker as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And weren't you originally going to call, have your first name as Julie? Yeah, that was an idea, but it just didn't click. Oh, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, and um, Kim, she didn't really fancy it either, and then I just thought, Lindsay, I'll change it to that. Fair wasn't enough. wasn't based on anything. We just it knew it fit. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's well, it's a good it's a good name for um, like I suppose an artist because you can make a really cool signature with a Y and all that sort of stuff. But you start with an I, don't you? Start with an Y or an I? Uh, a Y. A Y, yeah. I N D S A Y. Yeah, so you can make a cool signature with that. Yep. That's that's why having Joe isn't a great name for an artist because you can't really do much with three letters. <laughs> That's why I added the MD, just so I had some more letters to play around with. No. <laughs> no, not really. And I like the sound of my whole name when I write it, Lindsay C. Walker. 
Yeah, it is really cool. It sounds like it should be a private investigator or something. Yeah. In, in a noir movie. Yeah. Noir. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. You see how cultured I am. Yeah. Just edit that part out so no one knows. Yeah. I'll just hide my boganism from the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've probably been chatting for almost an hour now. It'd have to be close. So. Yeah. Yep. Thank you very much for joining me on this very first episode of the X-Band. No problem. I hope you can join us again or maybe even become a regular co-host because I haven't conned anyone into doing that yet. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you'd like to say before we sign off, plug your website or anything like that? Um, okay. My website is www.pugdog.com, P-U-G-G-D-O-G-G. That's how you spell pug dog. But it hasn't been updated for a long time. It's all on Facebook now. Yeah, the world's getting consumed by Facebook. Yep. Speaking of which, that's a great great segue into promoting Chronicle Chambers' own Facebook page. So we have uh, Chronicle Chambers' Phantom fan page, which is basically just um, the standard web page for the site where we post you know, um, news and stuff. The same stories that are on the web page, but just for people that might want to comment, we put it up there as well. But we also have Phantom Collector, which has taken off like a rocket. I'm amazed at how popular that page has become. I thought there'd be, you know, the regular bunch of guys on there showing off their stuff. But, no, it's really exploded, which is great. So check out Phantom Collector if you haven't already and you like collecting Phantom stuff, which I think most people do, especially if you're listening to this, if you're not a Phantom Collector and you're listening to this, you're probably looking for a different podcast. Got, got confused. Phantom you know. Yeah. Or, you know, something called the X-Band. Maybe they were looking for something a bit more... No, I'm not going to make that joke. Not adult. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we have our Facebook pages. We are also on Twitter. Um, and, of course, the main website is chroniclechamber.com and you can find all um, Phantom News or your issue listings when I have a chance to update it. Sorry, work has been insane, so some of those listings have gone up a little bit late um, in the last couple of weeks, so I do apologise for that. But blame the Department of Education. <laughs> I hope no one's listening, so I'll get in trouble. Um, right out. Well, I reckon that'll do for this very first episode. Thank you again, Lindsay, for joining me. Yep, no problem. All right, guys, thank you for listening, and please, please send in your comments about this episode. Let us know what you think what you liked, what you didn't like, but don't be too harsh because I'll cry. Um, you can email us. There's a contact page on the website as well, or just put your comments on Facebook, on any of our Facebook pages. All right, well, thank you very much for listening to this very first episode, and we hope you will join us for the second, which I don't think we've decided on a sort of schedule for these yet. They might be monthly. They might be fortnightly or most likely they'll just be whenever we get around to doing it yep okay all right guys i'll shut up and let you get back to whatever it is you're doing on this fine saturday afternoon although it probably won't be saturday when you're listening to this but i hope you're having fun anyway all right guys thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you again on the interweb somewhere goodbye bye